welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual Believers, I come to talk to you today about Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God and His Righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Spiritual Believers, I had heard this scripture for many, many years, and had quoted it for many, many years. But just recently, the Holy Spirit opened up that scripture and showed me something that many of you may not have thought about. Let's look at the scripture, or let's go over the scripture again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Spiritual believers and listeners, seek ye first the kingdom of God and H-I-S, righteousness. His righteousness is Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Seek ye first Christ Jesus and all other things shall be added unto you. That's a secret. That's a secret. When Peter, James, and John, and the other 11, uh, the other apostles followed Christ Jesus, they were seeking first Him. And guess what? All of the things was added unto them. Everything that you, your heart desires, because above all, God wants us to prosper and be in what? Good health. Daddy God of our Father Yahweh, He is the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient, the omnipotent God. Yes, this is God of the universe. And He loves us. And He has a plan for each and every one of us. And He wants us to prosper and be in what? Good health. And the other thing He wants us to do is seek ye first His agenda. Seek ye first His kingdom. He wants us to bring heaven onto earth. And we can't do that without following and abiding in His only begotten Son, Christ Jesus. We must abide in Christ Jesus, and Christ Jesus must abide in us. And when we do this, we will be just like our Lord and Savior when He was on planet Earth. We will be about our Father's business. We will only do what we see our fathers do. We will only say what we hear our fathers say. And when we seek ye first, whenever we place Christ Jesus, whenever we place Daddy God Yuhai, whenever we place Lord Ruhakadash, Lord God Holy Spirit first. And we seek His righteousness, which is Christ Jesus. Everything else in our lives will come into play, place, will come into order. We will have peace within ourselves. 
We will not only love the Father, we will not only love the Son, we will not only love the Holy Spirit, but we will love ourselves the correct way. We will love ourselves because God loves us. And when out of the love for the Father, out of the love for the Father, the love for the Son, and the love for the Holy Spirit, it will overflow unto us like a waterfall. The water will come gushing out of the springs of our hearts and clean us up. And guess what? We will be able to love our spouses like Christ loved the church. We'll be able to love our children like the father, Dedek Adaba Father, Yuhevai, loves his only begotten son and loves us. We're able to love our families our, our cousins and our aunts and our uncles will be able to love our communities we'll be able to love our cities and states and nation we will be able to love the world and that love will pour out and change the landscape of this nation the United States of America change our city Tallahassee Florida in this case and change our our families. The Davis household. The household of what? Faith. Daddy God, Abba Father Yuhevahe, wants us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto what? Us. Do you want to see a change? Do you want to see a change in your life? Do you want to see a change in your spouses? Do you want to see a change in your children? Do you want to see a change in your community? Do you want to see a change in our state? Do you want to see a change in our nation? Do you want to see a change in our world? Then seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things, all other things shall be added unto what? You. When I think about this and I say, well, Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, what does that look like to seek ye first the kingdom of God? Well, the first thing it looks like is you have an intimate time with the Father. You have intimacy time with the Son. You have intimacy time with the Holy Spirit, beginning with morning what? Prayers. And then you listen. You take time and you just bathe in the presence of God. And you what? Listen. And guess what? God will talk to you. He will tell you He will guide you with His Holy Spirit. He will guide you with His Holy Spirit into what He wants you to do. The most recent thing in me seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness for myself is that God has asked me to lead a prayer walk across the city of Tallahassee, to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. 
Daddy God, Abba Father Yahweh, Yuhei Vahe, my Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, and my Lord and Savior, Lord God, Holy Spirit, Ruch HaKadosh, has asked me to gather the churches of Tallahassee, to gather all the churches of Tallahassee, and to take authority and dominion over this territory in the name of Jesus. God has asked me to do this. And I said to myself, me? (laughs) And you know what God has been doing? He's been bringing up out of my spirit the living waters. He's been bringing up these individuals that basically God used to turn the world upside down. He most recently reminded me about the Duke Zinfandel. Duke Zinfandel was a a devout follower of Christ Jesus, a devout follower of Daddy God, Abba Father, Yuhe Bahe, a devout follower of the Lord God, Holy Spirit, a long, long time ago, before even before America became a nation. He was in the country, I guess you would say, Germany, Austria, at one time it was one one nation. And he, at that time, was the heir of, of it all. He was exactly, I think, six years old when the Holy Spirit first touched him. And he devoted himself to Christ Jesus. And then when again he rededicated himself when he was nine years old. And when it was time for him to take his um, title of ruler, he turned it all down. He, he took his riches and his wealth and his power, and he married another aristocrat. Um, I, I think her name was Sophia. I'm not sure. But she, too, was wealthy, came from a wealthy, rich, powerful family at that time. And they both were devoted sold out to Christ Jesus and he took some of that land and he basically let people of other denominations that were not Catholic who were being persecuted such as the Baptists such as other denominations the Moravians right he let them all live on his property for free And it grew to a number of about 5,000. And of course, there was bickering and fighting and division because even though they all were sold out to Christ Jesus, they all had different denominations. They all had a different perspective of how they were supposed to walk this thing called life with Christ Jesus. And he being the landlord and had the authority to put them all out, everybody basically listened to him. Count, I think it was Count Zinfandel. But anyway, so what he ended up doing was he went from family to family, ministering to them for to the 5,000 until one day they had a prayer meeting. Once again, prayer, the supernatural. And they all got together And guess what? The Holy Spirit broke out. And 
They were, they were ministering to one another. And out of that came what we call the prayer tower. And for a little over a hundred years, two people went up every, throughout that hundred years, there was continuous non-stop prayer. Similar to King David's, um, when he brought the tabernacle to Mount Zion and he had created instruments and singing and prayer and praising and there was nonstop worship when during that time with King David. So once again we had this prayer tower. Now what is the significance of this prayer tower? Out of this prayer tower came people from Europe to the United States of America, um, many of them came to a city called Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and where the Moravians were, and um, Pastor the Whitakers, the Wesleys, all these great evangelists, um, ministers of the gospel, came to the United States of America when there was no United States of America. And guess what? Out of that hundred-year prayer tower, that was the birth of the nation of the United States of America. That's the power of God. That's about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added on to you. I know that another great story that the Holy Spirit has brought up into my spirit two really. One was the story of Esther, and the other is the story of Ruth. In the case of the story of Esther, this young little orphan girl came to live with her, I think it was her cousin or uncle, Mordecai, and he raised her, and she was extremely beautiful. Meanwhile, the Persian king had a beautiful queen named Vestai, and there was a bunch of kind of, there was a party, and there was um, some drinking and some, some other things going on, and the king commanded his queen to come before, to, to, to show her beauty to all, and she refused. And when she refused, it embarrassed the king. And his minister said and advised him to what? Remove her as queen. So in his hurt, he did as his minister suggested. But after a while, he started longing for his queen, Vestai. But the ministers had already gathered the most beautiful women of virgin women of the territory, and Esther was one of them. Unbeknownst to them, she was of Jewish descent. So the scene, the stage is set. Esther is now tapped along with hundreds of other beautiful virgins, and the favor of God came upon Esther because Esther 
sought. She sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so she was able to gain favor from the eunuch, the head eunuch of the king. And the head eunuch knew all the likes and dislikes of the king. And so Esther listened once again, submitted herself under the authority of the eunuch. And guess what? He told her all the secrets, what the king liked and didn't like. And when Esther went before the king, she became his new queen. Meanwhile, Satan also had his seed planted in the court of the king. His name was Haman. Haman. And Haman was an Amorite. And Amorites were sworn enemies of who? The Jews, the Jewish people. And so, as Satan did his maneuvering and Haman rose higher and higher until he was at the right hand of the king. And one day, as he walked through the kingdom, everybody bowed down except for one. Guess who it was? Mordecai, Esther's cousin, I believe, or some say uncle. And he would not bow because he only bowed like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when King Nebuchadnezzar asked them to bow to the golden statue. They said, no, my Lord, we can only bow and worship our God. And we know how that ended. Yes, they were thrown in the fiery furnace, but they were not burned. They were not destroyed. So back to Queen Esther and her story. So what happens? Haman is outraged and he finds out that Mordecai is a Jew and that makes it even worse. And he plots and schemes. And guess what? He gets the king to, to, to have a royal decree on the 13th of, I think it was February, Friday the 13th. He or had plans for all the Jewish people in the Persian Empire, including the line of what? Judah, which is the line where Jesus came from were to be killed and destroyed. And once a king makes a decree, not even the king can undo his decree. And Mordecai found out about it and told Queen Esther that she needed to go to the king on behalf of the people, the Jewish, her Jewish people. And he told her, he says, you were brought maybe into the court for such a time as this. Well, it made this such a dangerous thing for Queen Esther was that the king had not called for Queen Esther in a, several months. And she could not enter into the royal court without being invited. If you went into the courtyard, in the court of the king without being invited, you could literally lose your what? Head unless you, unless you receive the golden scepter, unless the king reaches out with his golden scepter and let you touch it, will you be saved? So Queen Esther said, you know that I may die 
And Mordecai said, if you do not rise up for this to save the people, you will, you will not survive yourself. And God will send another in your place and your household will die, will be destroyed because God will save his people. And Queen Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And so she asked for Mordecai and the people of God to fast and pray along with her handmaidens. And when the fast was ended, she bathed in her and she put on her finest royal robes and her finest perfumes. And she bravely walked into the courtyard, not knowing that if she would live or die, And the father poured his anointing on Esther and his favor on Esther. And the king, even though he had not seen her in months, reached out his golden scepter to her and said, whatever you ask, including half of the kingdom, I will give it to you. That's the favor of God, everybody. Don't you want the favor of God in your life like that? I sure do. And guess what? Esther sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things was added unto her. In the end, she was a very wise woman. She invited her king to not one banquet, but two banquets. And Haman was also invited. And guess what? In the end, Haman himself was put on the gallows that he had built to hang Mordecai on and his 10 sons who when when they went out to destroy the Jewish people because you know the king could not undo the decree but what was sent was they were come they were released to defend themselves and they were able to defend themselves from the enemy and many of the people that came to destroy the Jewish people were killed themselves and Ten, all ten of Haman's sons were also killed and they took their bodies and hung them on the gallows along with Haman, Haman himself. So that's what happens. And oh, Mordecai ended up receiving all of Haman's riches and wealth, his land, his home, everything was given to him. Mordecai and he was raised up as one of the leaders of the king because one night God had the king not to be able to sleep and he actually asked for the I guess it's similar to the book of Chronicles and he opened it up and they read the story of how Mordecai had saved the king's life. And because two eunuchs had planned on um, assassinating the king and Mordecai was the one that exposed the plot and those two eunuchs were executed, but there was nothing ever done on behalf of Mordecai, right? So this is a great thing. And in the end, it was actually Hammond that had to take Mordecai on the king's horse with the king's royal robe and walk around the courtyard and tell everybody, honor 
the servant of the king, Mordecai. And that's when Morde- and that's when Haman's wife said, this is a bad omen. And it was downhill after that for him, concluding with him hanging on the gallows that he had designed for Mordecai. And once again, this is someone seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in the case, the story of Ruth is pretty much the same story. Ruth was a Moabitess. The Moabitess were a curse, a curse people. They were, the curse was pronounced upon them by Joshua because they, um, at the time when God sent the people of God into the promised land, Canaan, um, the Moabites, the Moabites were right, were the next, uh, I think, town to be executed, to be wiped out after they wiped out Jericho. And they were pretty shrewd and they pretended like they came from a long distance and they um, got a truce um, between um, Joshua and them. And when Joshua got to the Moabites territory, he saw that he had been tricked and deceived by them and he could not um, execute, he could not eradicate them off the face of the earth because he had made a vow with them in the name of the Lord. And so instead he cursed them and no Moabitess could ever enter the sanctuary of God. And so Ruth was one of the wives of a Jewish family who had left Bethlehem during the time of great famine, him and his two sons and his wife, Naomi. And when Ruth went in, well, when Ruth married into that family, soon after that, her husband was killed. He died. Her, her, um, her husband's brother died and left him the widow orphan, uh, Oprah, sorry, Oprah. So left his wife, Oprah, left Ruth behind and left Oprah behind. And then he died, the head of the household, leaving Naomi (coughs) a widow. And there was great abundance. God has smiled and provided once again to his people in Bethlehem. And Naomi decided to go back to Bethlehem where her, where her family originated from. And Ruth, along with Oprah, had both decided to go back with their mother-in-law, but she begged them to stay and go back to their families because she had nothing. She was just a poor widow now and she didn't even have sons to offer them to, to marry, remarry. In the end, Ruth, seek ye, she sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And she said the famous words that you hear in all these weddings, I will go wherever you goeth and your God will be my God. And I will live where you live and I will die where you die. Oh, so romantic. But it was actually a daughter-in-law saying it to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Ruth was true to her word, a Moabitess, and she followed Naomi and they were poor and she went into the field to glean because that's where the poor went to get food. 
and she gleaned enough to feed her mother-in-law and herself. And she did not do this just for one harvest, but for two harvests, for the wheat and the barley harvest, right? And Boaz, who was a very, was a single bachelor. He was a rich, wealthy man. His mother was Rahab. A lot of people don't know that story, but Rahab was the prostitute that hid the two spies when they came to Jericho. And her family was the only one that was saved from the slaughter of Jericho. And now Rahab ended up marrying the captain, the son of the captain of the line, the line of line of Judah. And so Rahab produced Boaz and Boaz fell in love with Ruth, the Moabitess. And he eventually pursued her and married her and produced Jesse. Well, produced the son, the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, King David, which is the line of, out of the line of Judah, which is where Christ Jesus came from. So, not only did Ruth get, gain all the, the wealth and riches of her clan, Naomi clan, she was barren during the 10 years, I believe it was, that she was married to her husband. She never had any children. And so she also gave birth to a son with her husband, Boaz. And that's from what? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, I just want to close out this broadcast today. With Romans 10 9 If you confess with your mouth The Lord Jesus And believe in your heart That God has raised him from the dead You will be saved Thank you For joining me On 94.1 FM Wave 94 Enter the glory zone With Dr. Edith Davis